Are you saying no to the right thing? We're always saying no to something, but are you saying no to the right thing? Find out what right things we should be saying no to and also being equipped by God's word to say no to the right thing. Let's join the worshipers on September 3rd, 2023. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. God's word for today from Matthew chapter 16, reading verses 21 to 26. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and experts in the law, and be killed, and on the third day be raised again. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, May you receive mercy, Lord. This will never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a snare to me because you are not thinking the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. In fact, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. After all, what will benefit a person if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Or what can a person give in exchange for his soul? This is God's word. I invite you to pray with me. Direct us now, O gracious Lord, to hear aright your holy word. Assist your minister to preach and let the Holy Spirit preach, teach. And let eternal life be found by all who hear the gospel sound. Amen. A minister once began a sermon by saying, show of hands, how many of you have difficulty saying no? And members started raising, some of the members started raising their hands, and then he said, great, I have a list of things that need to be done here at church. I got your names now. How hard is it for you to say no? Maybe for some of you, you've learned the art of saying no, Maybe others are struggling, saying, I'm always saying yes, but you realize that when you say yes to something, you're always saying no to something else. If your friends want to go out on Friday night, you're saying no to spending time with your family or, or, or uh, with your wife. Or if you spend time with your wife and your family, you say yes to that, you're also saying no to your friends who want to, you want to spend time with on the weekend. We're always saying no to something. Always say no is the sermon theme I had here. And the text, the living word of God, is speaking to all of us and saying, make sure you're saying no to the right things. Always say no, but say no to the right things. Today we've got Peter saying no to Jesus, Jesus saying no to Peter, Jesus teaching us what it means to say no to ourselves. So let's dive in to this wonderful text that encourages us to always say no to the right things. Last week, we had uh, the the text right before this. Jesus asked his disciples, "Who who do people say I am? The disciples gave their answers. Then Jesus says, who do you say that I am? 
And Peter gave the beautiful confession. You are the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus praises him for him. This is the confession of the church, that Jesus is not just a mere man, but he is also the son of God. He is the anointed one. He is the savior, and there is no other savior. Now, right after this, Jesus says, well, good, you got this point clear, who I am. Now let me tell you what I'm going to do. So then Jesus says, he began to show his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and the experts in the law and be killed and on the third day be raised again. Very clearly, he's going up to Jerusalem to suffer, die, rise again. As a theological nerd, I was just fascinated that Jesus did not mention the Romans. Because we confess that in the creed, don't we, that he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. Why didn't Jesus mention the Romans, that the Romans are going to put him on a cross? I could, I, the text doesn't answer that question, but the assumption is, is that if he were to talk about the Romans, then the disciples would get all up in arms, saying, well, this will never be. Like, we'll, we'll p- pick up arms now, Jesus. This is a political thing. But Jesus is reminding us that his work here on earth is not in politics. His work here on earth is through the word of God and the religious leaders, which up to this point, Jesus was trying to correct and bring them back to the truth. They were the ones that were going to oppose Jesus so much that they were going to bring Jesus to Pilate, that Pilate would crucify him. It wasn't the Romans' plan starting from day one, to crucify Jesus on Good Friday. No, that was the religious leaders. And in fact, that whole week, the religious leaders were trying to trip up Jesus. On Tuesday, they have, we, we call this the, the heavenly uh, press, uh, uh, the um, presser with the, with the with religious leaders as they're, give, they're grilling him with questions or trying to trip Jesus up in his words. Jesus had to endure all of that deny himself what he wanted. No, he's going to do this for us and for our salvation. Be there on that holy week to suffer, not just at their hands when they're giving him all kinds of grief, but also the actual suffering that happens on Thursday and Good Friday. Peter hears this from Jesus and and begins to rebuke Jesus. Now, the Greek here is very strong. It's not that Peter is like shocked. Like you would expect the disciples to be shocked. Jesus just told them that he's going to die. He also told them he's going to rise again, but he's going to die and he's going to suffer. And Peter rebukes Jesus. This isn't a, you know, a little uh, um, putting his hand around Jesus' shoulder and just kind of nudging him and saying, are you sure, really sure about this, Jesus? No, Peter rebukes. Jesus, and says, the Lord have mercy on, may you receive mercy, Lord. Basically, Jesus, you sinned. May the Lord show you mercy. No, Jesus, no. Now, we can speculate what was going through Peter's mind, and we won't know, we won't have an answer. But we do know what happens when God in his word says, this is the way you should do it. Here is the right way. And you say, 
God, you're wrong. You say, no, not going to do that. Whose side are you on when God says, this is how it has to be, and you say, mm, no. We like to like wedge a little position in between God and Satan and put us there when we say, well, Satan always opposes God. Yeah, he's the one that always says no to God. He's the, all, the one that when God says this is the way it should be, Satan is like, no, I don't, no, thank you. I'm going to do something else. We like to wedge ourselves in between those two and to say there is a place for us to say no to God where we're not on Satan's team. God says, don't swear. I swear. So I, I can be right here. I'm not on Satan's side. Of course, I'm not. No, no way, no way. I'm, I'm, I'm right here. God says, don't look at a woman lustfully. Yeah, I know to disagree with you, Lord, is to be on Satan's side, but I'm right here. I'm in the middle. God says, don't gossip. Don't speak evil about other people when they're not in front of, the, not in front of you. We want to wedge ourselves in there somewhere between God and Satan. But there is no wedge. There is only God's way or sin. So when Jesus turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan, the very phrase he says to Satan at his first temptation, the very end of it, when, when Jesus was done with the temptation and was ready to rebuke the devil, he is really reminding us that there is no middle place that we can wedge ourselves in. It's either what God says or saying no. And if you are saying no to God, that is dangerous territory to stand. So for you and I, we're always saying no. What about the times we've said no to God? Think back to all those excuses you've tried to make to try to wedge yourself in between God and the devil. And God doesn't see a wedge there. Jesus said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a snare to me because you are not thinking the things of God but the things of men. The things of men, things of Satan, all one theme. There is no middle ground. There is no third agent. It's either God or the devil. And for those times that we've said no to God, we need to repent. Jesus never said no to God. He did that for you. Jesus said, I'm going up to Jerusalem to suffer at the hands of the religious enemies. I'm going to die, rise again. Never said no.
He was so much on God's team that when anyone ever suggested to Jesus a way out, a different way, a, a different way of doing things, don't suffer, Jesus. There's got to be some way to save the world other than for, by you suffering. Jesus picked God's side. Even in the garden, when Jesus at his lowest moments prays, God, if, if there is another way, let it be. Otherwise, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus did that for you and I, because there are so many times when we have said no to God and said yes to ourselves. And now Jesus teaches us what happens to the individual when they are saying no to God and saying yes to themselves. What happens to the individual on the flip side when they say no to themselves and what they want and yes to God? Listen as he says, if anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. In fact, whoever wants to save his life will lose it Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. After all, what will benefit a person if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Or what can a person give in exchange for his soul? Jesus says, and we've talked about this a little bit, whoever wants to save his life will, will lose it. And the, the Greek construction is basically if you're pick, thinking about yourself, you've already lost your life. Or if you are denying your, yourself, you've already gained your life. So in, in this way, it's a little bit different than what Paul was talking about in Romans when he was talking about suffering leading to the glory that will be revealed. Sometimes when we read this text, we think, well, if I deny myself, deny what I want and say yes to God, eventually I'll get my reward of heaven. And that is not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying here, you, dear Christian, those times when you've had to say no to yourself, you have gained something greater than you can ever gain. A God who is on your side. So when he says to you, dear Christian, when you are given that cross to bear, because Let's, let's explain this. A cross. What does it mean to carry your cross? Sometimes people say, well, it's some kind of suffering. You know, if I get a hangnail, I'll say, oh, that's my cross I'm bearing. I got this. It's really annoying right here. Or somebody who gets drunk and the next day they have a hangover and they're saying to themselves, this is the cross that I'm bearing. No, those are both just consequences of your actions and for one or consequences of living in this world. But anytime the Christian, and dear, this is the part where it's really hard for me to say, every Christian is going to have to face and will face denying themselves, saying no to themselves. Now, it could be a child when the kids are picking on another kid, and they really want to pick on that kid because that kid has made their life miserable out there in the playground. They really want to pick on him, but they say, no, that's not the right thing to do. They denied themselves. They picked up a cross. The teenager who all of his friends are going out getting drunk or all of his friends are having sex before marriage, and he says, no, this is what the Lord says. They are picking up their cross. 
the person who is at the end of their life and are saying, Lord, this is really hard for me, but not my will, but yours. They are picking up a cross. Every Christian carries a cross. Every Christian is given that choice. You say no to God, or you say no to yourself. Which one is it going to be? When we say no to ourselves, God says there is blessing. Because Jesus talks about that. He says, um, if anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I do like that picture of following Jesus to the cross. Because those times when God has asked me to say no to myself, what I want, and say yes to him, and that's difficult, that's hard. I'm following in Jesus' footsteps. Where is Jesus? Right there. The path that, we are, that I am on is the path to victory. The cross and the grave. My Savior who promises that if I have to say no to myself, that therefore I will have life then, is the one who will back up that promise. That I am truly living a life when I am saying no to myself. Not to say it's going to be easy, right? This is very different than a world around us or even a Christian culture that says if you're a follower of Christ, your life is going to be great. That God's going to rain down blessing. That your life is going to be easy. Even a Christian is trying to think, well, I, I, I'm listening to these words of Jesus, but there's got to be another way. There's got to be a different way, a different route to following Christ than picking up a cross. These are beautiful words because we have a self that is corrupted by our sinful nature, that is corrupted by sin and the lies of the devil that wants to make excuses for sin and wedge ourselves in between God and Satan and say, we can live in this space sinning and still being a recipient of heaven. We have a, a part of each, side, each one of us that wants to live in that space, wants to create that space. We have to kill that part of us every day by confessing our sin and receiving his forgiveness, by denying what is coming from within and saying, no, that's not right. Get behind me. Get behind me, Satan. I have in things in my mind the things of God. What a wonderful comfort that is. And it is a, a life of blessing because we know our God is closer to us then. You think Jesus doesn't know what it's like to say no to yourself and to say yes to God? 
You think any struggle that you're dealing with is harder than his struggle that he faced? He did all of that for you. And as you are struggling with your own crosses, there he is in his word, reminding you that you have life in him. That your God, who went to the cross and died for you, is with you today. As you're following him, you're only following in his footsteps and you have a Savior who is with you. You're, you're on the path to victory. That's difficult, but it's the path to victory. You're on the path that is truly life. But it is a path where the stakes are high. Where a Christian is saying no. Always saying no but saying no to the right things. Amen. Thank you for joining us today here on Emmanuel Cares, the podcast. We encourage you to find out more about us on our webpage at emmanuelshirley.com. There's Bible connections. There's a podcast called Casting Nets. There's opportunities for you to get involved to help us to be a country church that cares. Emmanuel means God with us. When you leave today knowing that your God is with you because he cares for you.